Hello and welcome to the Life Unscripted podcast, the podcast that invites you to break free from the ordinary and embrace the extraordinary journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Join us as we dive deep into conversations with experts, thought leaders and real people, sharing their insights, stories and practical tips to help you navigate life's challenges and seize its opportunities. So whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, your daily workout or your quiet moments of reflection, get ready to embark on an incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. Go and hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode and join us as we create lives that are authentically ours, unscripted and limitless. This is Life Unscripted and your story starts now. Good morning Mike. Mikey, how would you like to be called? Just Mike's fine. Mike's fine. Um, could you introduce yourself to everyone please and just give us a bit of background on yourself? Yeah, my name's Mike Donegal, um, lived in Northampton all my life, um, started off, well I finished, I retired in 2020 after a 30 year police service, um, always been into my fitness, bodybuilding, um, competed quite a, quite a lot in that area, uh, retired in 2020, so now I'm a personal trainer done my qualification, got my level three, and I've also got a life coaching company, which I'm currently building and working on at the moment. So that's where I am at the moment. Um, what made you pursue a career in life coaching? Um, I just think it's something that I've always, even in the police, even before that really, I just had a passion in that area and dealing with people's issues and my own issues, because some of it comes from stuff that I've dealt with from myself really um, learning how to cope with all the pressures of life etc especially being a police especially being a black officer in the police as well it uh, I was tested very much on a lot of things that I've seen happened even experienced myself so uh, it was really a way of I don't know helping others to help myself really so that's sort of why I've sort of ended up in fitness as well and life coaching because the two the two really worked really well together so that's sort of why i sort of gone down that area really yeah so it's like it's, you want to inflict the information and the, the stuff that you've learned to help others which is you know that's nice yeah thing. because yeah because i went through if i'm honest i mean it's think about it uh, it's difficult in the police as it is. Uh, so you see a lot of really horrible things. You, you're you subjected to a lot of negativity day in, day out. Plus you've got the pressure of being a black officer as well. Um, then also you've got all the other normal pressures of life as well at the same time. So I went through lots and lots of changes and trying to figure out how to cope with everything and how to cope with life and stuff. And I was into my fitness in a big way and I realised that if I didn't have my fitness and that dedication and that commitment to my fitness, I probably wouldn't have survived in the other area of the pressures of, of the police and life in general. So that's why I'm an advocate of fitness because it really did give me a place to go to deal with all the stress and all the pressure that I was under at that time. So that's why you normally find that I really push the two together. Yeah, well, the two the two go hand in hand, really. I mean, it's, it's scientifically proven now that you know, with what what going doing fitness releases in you know in your brain the dopamine and just you just a feel good the feel good hormone. Yeah, I worked that out a long time ago. Really, I used to remember if I'd had a really tough time at work, 
And for instance, I mean, I'm not going to go into some of the horrible things I've seen, but some of the things like you couldn't Stephen King movie really. Um, and I always remember that I'd even before I'd got home and I'd done a 12 hour shift and I finished at seven in the morning, I'd still go to the gym and do an hour, maybe an hour and a half in the gym just to get myself, get those hormones that we talked about, the endo, you know, endorphins, etc., to calm me down. And it used to always work. So, you know, I knew that that was my place that I needed to go for me. So a lot of my coaching that I do with people is the first thing I ask them is, do you work out? What do you do for exercise for relaxing? Um, and I always try and push them towards at least getting some sort of fitness regime in because it really does make a massive difference to your mental health massively. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would probably say, you know, if they've had a hard day, a lot of people go, oh, I can't be bothered. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I just want to go and sit down, which, you know, like we know, and a lot of people do know, and even they probably know themselves that actually, if they actually went to the gym and worked out, that would benefit them rather than sitting down on the yeah. sofa a lot of the time. I just think the problem is like we're in a society today where we want a quick fix. So people would rather go and have a couple of glasses of wine to relax them when actually that's not going to, it's going to relax you, but all you're doing is really just dulling something that really you could do naturally and let your body naturally calm yourself by doing some exercise. Even if it's yoga or Pilates, it doesn't have to be a full workout in the gym. It could be going for a swim. It could be anything, going for a walk with your dog, yeah. all kinds of things. But unfortunately, a lot of people always go for the really easy stuff. Like they'll go and sit down, can't be bothered. So they order a takeaway. They order... You know, they end up having a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah, it's great, but you do that over a long, long period of time, it's going to take its toll on you. And you need to really find a better way to switch off and relax at the end of the day. And, and, and again, I used to push fitness and I still do now, whether it's a class, whether it's meditation, whether it's anything else other than going for the short-term quick fix, which is the alcohol or the drugs or you know, watching porn. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. some people even do that um, to relieve the stress, to find a way that works for you. So I always push that, especially, especially guys. Yeah, that seems a common, I mean, I've had a few people on the podcast now and that seems a common theory among what they've said is that people will tend to do the short-term fix and the, you know, the, the, the instant gratification yeah, rather than the long-term. See, I'm a person, <laughs> for me, um, I always say, and I've got this saying, I always, I always say to people, uh, the hardest climb gives you the best rewards and the best view at the end of it all. So I will, I've learned in my life and I've watched people always choose the easy route, always choose the quickest and easiest route. And what they don't realise is when you choose the easiest and quickest route, normally it doesn't last after that. I would rather put in the work for a longer period of time and reap the benefits after it that stays with me. I'll put in the work. I've learnt more about myself by going down the hard route and taking the easy route where I don't really learn much at all. But you grow, uh, don't you? If you absolutely. take the hard route, you grow then. You, the only way you're going to know anything about yourself really is to take is to do, do the hard work. Um, and that's what people don't realise. And unfortunately today, everybody wants it like an Amazon parcel. They want it tomorrow. It's whereas I always say, right, okay, Let's do the hard work because during that journey of the hard work, you're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to learn more about what you can and can't do. And you, you'll be absolutely amazed how good you are. And then you start to believe in yourself. And that then has a knock-on effect in the rest of your life. So you find that if you've got that attitude, 
once you know you can do stuff, it absolutely changes you. You stop making excuses, you stop going through the quick fixes and you start knowing, right, I'm going to put in the work because I know I can do it and I know the benefits outweigh. So that's how I think. And it's so you, like basically what you're getting at with what I was going to touch on then is um, it's more the journey, the path, than actually the end goal. Because you know, if you you'll never be, I'm not saying you'll never be as fit as you want to be, but it's a it's a constant work, so it is always the journey that you're, yeah, you're... It, it is. I mean, that, that's um, and another thing I always say is you set a goal. So if I set a goal and I say, right, in a year's time, I want to be in this place doing this and doing that. Then once I've set that goal and I've got it in my head that that's where I want to be, I then start working on what steps I need to take as in the journey (laughs) to get to that. So then I start taking my focus off of the end goal and start focusing on the steps that I have to take to get to that uh, end goal. And that's why I try and get people to stop. Yes, looking ahead too far. Make 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 the journey and make the dream so. Instead of just sitting on your backside and thinking about it and keeping it as a dream, make it so. So fix it in your head and then start the steps to get to that, whether it's changing your job, whether it's working out harder, changing your diet, whatever it needs to be for you personally to get to that goal. You can sit and sit and dream and dream all day long, but if you don't take action, <laughs> it's always going to be a dream, dream, isn't it? Yeah. So I always, always say that to especially clients, and even in the gym when I've got a client and they say, "Well, I want to look like this," and I said, "Okay, let's now you want to look like that. Let's do the work. It's not just I'm not going to put in an order with Amazon and suddenly you're going to get this body in two weeks. <laughs> That's yeah. not going to happen. Realistically, we've yeah. got to make a goal where you're going to have to put in the work. And I say to them, "This is going to take work." but you can do it and you're going to learn so much about mm. yourself you're going to learn really how hard it is to dig deep when you really want to quit and give up and go for the easy route and sit at home on your sofa and order a takeaway you've got to stick to the diet you've got to be consistent and disciplined and my god will that have an impact on the rest of your life so you normally find that it filters into everything um, and then once the, the, once you've got that in them then the little steps that they're taking they take so each step they make and they're getting closer to closer and gone then bingo in a year's time they're already there and they're thinking wow i got there yeah you did now let's set the next goal mm. and then do the same again so you can do that in life so it doesn't have to be just fitness you can do it in anything mm. career-wise and if you're with the wrong people nine times out of ten you know if you're surrounded by negative people they don't like setting goals they just rather sit where they are and com- continue to complain so i always say look at the circle of your friends as well what motivation have you got around you? Because again, that's that, that's a major factor as well. So it's a lot of work that has to go in, but when you start chipping away at people's mindset, changing that mindset as they can do and do the work, it starts to work. Yeah. It's like that, um, I heard somebody say, if you want to do, if you want to be a millionaire, you've got to do what millionaires do. And it's the same with everything. If you want to be in good shape, you've got to do what people in good shape do. You, can, you know, it's not just a, like I say, a magic pill that anybody takes. It's, you know, you have to put in the work, and and it changes you when you put in the work like that. Like you say, it changes your mindset in every, you know, in everything. Yeah, and unfortunately, unfortunately, but there still are, there still are a lot of guys, a lot, of, a lot of people out there that look at social media so much, and they make it seem as if you can look like this because they want the likes they want the follows and they were just saying oh you can look like this just like that but they're not telling them that I actually put in this person that's obviously 
got their page and wants all the likes isn't telling the full story. Mm. They're not telling you of the, the months and weeks of pure hard work and freezing cold mornings getting up to, to go to the gym. Sometimes I don't want to go to the gym, but I know it's in the long term, this is going to pay off. And I just drag myself there. And I make sure I do it, whether I feel like doing it or not. And that's mm. the discipline within me. Motivation's got nothing to do with it. No. I just know that I have to do it. So, unfortunately, a lot of people just don't get that side of things. So they'll join a gym, <laughs> and they'll go for two weeks in January. In January, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to happen again. Yeah. They'll join in January. Oh, I'm going to get fit, and I'm going to get fit, and it's great. And you think, yeah, great. So they join a gym. They actually take steps, which is one of the most hardest steps to take to actually physically go to a gym. But their expectations are so warped and incorrect. That's the first step, but the work starts now. After that two weeks when you've gone and you know, you're know you not noticing anything, but you're not going to, it's two weeks. You're talking about months and months of work and attitude change and consistency and discipline. Then you're going to see the changes. And after that, after about two weeks, three weeks, they've got bored. Nobody's motivating them. There isn't a discipline there. And then they just leave. Every year you notice that Every gym has a group of people that turn up every January. And by the end of the January, you never see them again. It's because they need to they need to get their mindset right. And somebody needs to sort of engage with them and say, look, seriously, you know, if you're serious about this, about getting fit and really sort of getting a grip of this, so you're happy with how you look within yourself and, and everything else, you've got to have the right mindset because you will just flake out after two, three weeks. And it, Fitness isn't about that. Fitness is almost a lifetime change or a lifetime goal change. It isn't just for two weeks, for four weeks. This is to go on forever and ever, amen. So you need to think about it as that rather than just for two months or for three months. And that's where people go wrong, really. Yeah, so I mean, you, you get to that goal if you set a goal and you, then you've got to maintain it anyway. So it's not just like, oh, I've got there now, that's it. It's, yeah. you know, you, you, but then people that stick to that because like what you were saying there motivation it only takes you so far then then it becomes discipline to keep you going further um once you get that mindset then like you say i'm the same some days i don't want to go to the gym at, in the morning or get up and it's cold you know i'm coming to the winter i'm already my mindset's going oh it's cold in the morning it's cold you know but i'll still get up in the morning got my shorts on go to the gym and it and, and it and it does set me up for the day it's, and then i just think it's one of them things that i've done that's I've ticked off, you know, because I've got the discipline to go to the gym. And if I do wake up late or sometimes or don't go in the morning, it's on my mind all day. Oh, I've got to go to the gym, I've got to go to the gym. And then after work, sometimes you're like, oh, I can't really be bothered. I'll go tomorrow morning. You know, and I even struggle with that now sometimes. You know, it is hard. So you, it's a constant work. But I do feel much better when I get up and tick that off the list. Yeah, some of the influencers... Um all, you know, if you ever see some of the influencers, it's all, uh, they shout, you know, constantly saying, you know, don't give up and all this lot. But they don't, they need to say sometimes that they even had hard, hard days sometimes as well. I mean, I rarely miss a day. I have to force myself to have a day off the gym, even though I might be so sore from previous days' workout. I have to force myself to go because I've learned that I'm, I know this is, going to benefit me long term this isn't just about now how I look now this is about the future this is about growing old better staying younger for longer mm. um, being more healthy in my mind as well because obviously the fitness side of it has really made me strong as a person mentally compared to where I was years back where I didn't have that that balance and understanding <clears throat> of what I could and couldn't do 
So that's why I look at it long term. So yeah, I will drag myself out of bed, even though I don't want to. I will drag myself on a cold morning, even if it's snowing outside. I remember some days when I was competing, um, there used to be ice, it was that cold, there used to be ice on the inside of the glass and you could see your breath in the gym and I was still training, even though it was that cold at six in the morning, because I knew that if I'm gonna be to succeed and get to the goals that I wanna get to, that's what you have to do. I don't want to be like everybody else. I need to. I know I need to step up and be that much different, and that's how you get get to where you need to get to. Yeah. So. And you you probably know that there will be people you're you're competing against will be now nah, it's too cold. You know they wouldn't be in that gym, so you're one step ahead. Yeah, in well, your you, mind. You you know at some point, and and it's the same in life. It's the same in life. Going through going through a job, or even going through a girl, you know you're up against people. Whether you like like it or not society is about competition and it is all about you doing that much more better for yourself to make sure you're in the best possible position whether that's going for a job whether that's your fitness or whatever and the and the, it, it is a competition but the main competition that i always try and get people to see is if you're doing the best for you within yourself and you know you're going to the gym and you know you're doing the best that you can do then you're already always a winner even if you don't get the job, even if you don't look as good as the other guy, the fact is you're a winner within yourself. So that's that should give you what you need, uh, and that's how I used to always think it as well. Yeah. Um, what lessons have you taken from your policing career that you apply to your new career roles? Um, yeah. So the main lesson that I've learned is that um, I always, when I, especially for men, I mean this this goes up to men mostly that I deal with. Um, society says and still does that men having emotion is a weakness okay I absolutely throw that out the window straight away so the first thing I did growing up I was quite an emotional child I really didn't understand why life was so hard for me growing up as a kid because everything used to upset me everything I was really really sensitive anything anybody said anything to me I'd take it in and it would be really deep and then uh, so what I realised is, and thanks to my mum, she allowed me to be, allowed me to have these emotions. So what I've learned is, and what I do with, with guys that I see life coaching and in, I say to them, you need to sit with your emotions, whatever they are, whatever they're about, you need to sit with them. And the reason why you need to sit with them, because the minute you know what your emotions are about, you can master them. Okay, there's nothing more powerful than a guy that's emotionally aware of his own emotions and you can pick upon other people's emotions. So I normally get a guy who says, oh, I'm, I'm a big strong bloke, I don't cry, I don't show any emotions. I'll go, no, you've got emotions within you and if you don't know what they are and they get out of control, this is when you end up doing stupid things. You know, going on that one night stand because you've had a row with your missus and doing really silly things. So I said, so sit with your emotions, find out what they're, what they're about, where they're from and say, okay, thank you for that, I accept that emotion, I know where that's from, and I'm gonna put you where you need to be. So therefore, once you get used to knowing what all these emotions are that you have, you then have control. So if they, they come to the surface, you say, okay, I'm acknowledging you, thank you, I don't need you right now because I need to be a complete warrior right now. So I'll focus on what I need to do, get the task done, and we'll look at you later. And that's why I teach them to do it, and boy, does it work. It really yeah. works. So I've learned that from the police because I've seen police officers that go through their whole career hiding their feelings, hiding their emotions, 
then they retire and then all that pressure comes back makes them ill and they die early mm -hmm. not being horrible no. but they don't deal with their emotions so I always encourage emotions to come out I'm not saying that you're going to cry everywhere <laughs> like what, yeah. what what people think that's not what I'm saying I'm saying master your own emotions know where you're at I sit with myself all the time I sit at home and I turn everything off turn the TV off turn everything off and I sit with myself and I say right what have you got for me and anything that's not been dealt with or anything that's upsets me I sit with it and I deal with it and I give it its place and then I just free myself and then the benefit of that is I can also spot emotion in other people as well so I can tell when somebody's not right and that helps me that's mm. another superpower from it so dealing with people in the police because going back to your original question it helps me know myself and it also helps me avoid the people that I knew were not good for me so it also it gives you an idea of who is a fake person and who's not a real person and who's not a nice person people with agendas that are positive agendas so because the police unfortunately is very manipulative it's very it's a difficult environment to be in there's lots and lots of backstabbing and lots and lots of racism etc so you've really got to be in a place where you can cope with it all so that's what i used to do you know not hide from my emotions but learn how to control them and deal with them and it put me in a much stronger place that's that's what how how i'm so strong today so strong today when it comes to it i can spot somebody that's a fake person yeah. or lying or not telling the truth good energy bad energy i can spot yeah. it oh yeah because I'm, I'm i'm so comfortable in my own skin um even though yeah some days i have insecurities like everybody else i'm not perfect but when i do have an insecurity i sit with it and say why are you insecure today what's that all about and I have a chat with myself, turn everything off. Don't run to somewhere else to cover like a lot of Mask people do. It, yeah, yeah let's, let's go run and let's go down the pub with all the mates. Let's go and do this. No, I've got something that my, my mind is trying to tell me and I can't ignore it. And I'm not prepared to ignore it because it's probably important. So I sit with myself, get to know it, understand it, park it. It's there, I already know. Now I'm ready, I'm back to it to where I need to be. And that's the mindset that I have every day. So a lot of people don't sit with themselves. Um, don't know whether they're scared to or there's distractions. So, you know, I've, I've said it a few times now, but I've been in a waiting room, say, for example, of doctors. And I'll, I'll go in, I've got my phone on me, but I'll purposely, I don't like to call my phone often anyway. Um, and I'll sit in there and everyone's on their phone. And I just, I just think it's amazing. Like nobody can just actually like, they're not, they can't be. You know, just just be sitting in the waiting room. You know, just be there, be present. Same as when you're at home. Just you don't have to have a distraction all the time. But I think a lot of people are scared to sit with themselves. A lot of people don't like themselves. Yeah, I mean that's that's why <laughs> if I ever say to a client or somebody that I'm training with, sit with yourself. Now look at me like I've told them to. I don't know, <laughs> run down the middle of the street <laughs> naked or something. Sit with yourself. And they don't know what I mean, yeah. so I have to. I have to take them right back to it. They can't do it because they're frightened. And this is what the problem is. Society's taught us to distract ourselves. Less, you know, you can go here, you can do that. You can go and watch Netflix. You can do this, do that. And the one thing that we're all missing, the biggest thing we're all missing is ourselves because we're so busy looking at what everybody else is doing. Some of the programs on the TV, I, I don't even entertain. You know, Big Brother, I'm a celebrity, get me out of all this stuff is all fabricated to keep you distracted from 
actually the one person you need to get to know more than anybody and that's yourself what you want what your hopes what your dreams are what scares you what doesn't scare you understand yourself and you are an absolute superpower and if you're constantly distracting it i see it i agree with you i've sat in restaurants and i've watched families all together and every one of them is looking down at their phone when they're they're with family and they don't talk anymore because everything's a distraction see it in the gym every day it's one of my biggest pet hates on the phone in between each sets supposed to be spotting their training partner but they're on their phone and then he goes and does his set and then he gets on his phone so what's happening in those two minutes of your life that you can't leave your phone and i see it all the time it's the most frustrating thing i hate sometimes i really must admit i hate phones when they're going off constantly and it takes that distraction off of communication people do it they'll pretend on they're on the phone rather than give people eye contact it's amazing but people are frightened of themselves because they're taught to be frightened of themselves society has taught you to be frightened of yourself because it's almost like programming us to think a certain way because how many times if you ask somebody what do you want in life and a lot of the times their influences are what they see that other people have got rather than asking themselves what you want out of your life for yourself so a lot of people know a lot of people know others more than they know themselves yeah because is... they spend more time looking at other people's lives than actually focusing on their own life and that's one of the things that I another thing that I've learned I mean I won't go over it because you might ask me a question about it <laughs> so I'm not going to go over it but yeah it's 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 I walk in the gym every time I walk in the gym and every time I go anywhere and I look at people on the phone I just think to myself how sad and I really do mm. how sad that you cannot put your phone down for five minutes 10 minutes for a half an hour 45 minutes and beast a workout and do the best thing for your body and you know that you could do for your health and for your mental health but you are addicted to this phone and that you know in that two minutes that you've been doing a set something's got to have happened that's drawn your attention back to your phone and you see it every day mm. and today when i go to the gym i'll see it yeah. again today so i mean we was um me the missus and the little and we went to out for our little and had a school uh, parents evening so we went out for a meal afterwards and she's never ever had a lot of fun I mean my little one watches YouTube and social media from time to time um, but it's quite limited on what she does on that because um, we can't take it away from them because it is part of the future but she's learned to you know she's allowed it for a certain short amount of time um, but we've never given it at a restaurant ever and we see families and they're all on their like you say all on their phone and then we went on holiday to Italy, and obviously we haven't. She hasn't got the phone anyway. But other kids are, you know, watching Paw Patrol and stuff like that. Why they're sitting having a meal? So the parents can have a bit of peace for five minutes, and they're like, "Oh, your daughter's so good." I'm like, yeah, "Because we've done this, like from even from a young age. We've she she goes out for meals. It's a treat for her. You know, she knows how to be in a restaurant. We, you know, we even sit there and play I Spy, or you know, we interact with each other because that's how I feel we should be. And then. When, and I do think it's sad when you see other families and they're all sitting on their phone and I just think that's uh, it is sad I, don't, yeah. I, I can't really say much more on that it's just yeah. sad it, it is sad and then you know you've got when you can't you can't talk to each you can't talk to each other um, around you know because normally if you think about what dinner time used to be like with the original before social media it was an opportunity for everybody to say how's your day been and what have you done today and what have you done this today and talk to each other as a family 
Whereas today, you can sit in a restaurant, you've taken the trouble to go out as a family together because, you know, that's what you're doing. But none of you are engaging with each other. None of you are having conversations that you should be having as a family, you know, catching up with each other because you're all busy looking at other people's lives on, on the phone mm. and you're elsewhere. You're not even engaging with your own family. And unfortunately, that's what's happening and that what that's what the damage is being done and that's why we're in the state that we are. Well, that's one thing. I, I mean, I grew up in a ex-council house. We didn't have a dining room. We had a kitchen barely big enough to put a table in. And then we we sat and had TV dinners. Um, moved into this house, big enough to have a dining room table. So I want dinners at the table 99% of the time. So we sit down as a family and that is the chance to sit there because we are busy and I feel like when I'm sitting at the dinner table with my family, I'm present then. And I am, you know, no phones and, we're, and I'm asking, how was your day? If we sat watching the TV, we wouldn't be yeah, present. So, exactly. you know, I'm not saying once in a while we'll... We will sit there and I watch it in front of the TV. Very, very rare, but ninety-nine percent of the time, it's family time around the table, and we all have dinner together. And and that's that's what I wanted. So I knew I was missing that out on that when I was younger, sitting there in front of the TV. It's not something that I thought. You know, a lot of things that happened in my life, and I'm sure you're all the same. Where we look at them and go, I want to change that because I think the opposite of that will benefit me. So sometimes the opposite. You can go to like I think when we spoke before, the you can go too far the opposite and try too hard where it becomes unhealthy. But there's certain things in life that if you get the balance right anyway. But there's certain things like that where I just feel that the opposite works best, and that's why I make sure that we sit around the dinner table and, and interact with each other. No, I'm, I totally agree. I mm. totally agree. Um, how do you deal with uh, the trauma you have been through in the police force? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I always, I'm quite happy to talk about it. I'm not going to go into details about certain individuals or certain incidences, but yeah. um, it was tough. Seriously, seriously tough. It was a decision that I made, obviously, obviously prior to joining, and everybody was telling me, oh, I wouldn't do that, you know, and it's a racist environment and stuff, you know, because black officers were very, very rare. But like, like, like I've always said, somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. That's that's the way I am as a person. Nobody can tell me that it, that I can't do something if I feel that I'm going to give it a go and do it. So I did. I did join, and it was tough. And then it wasn't just tough with the environment, but I was dyslexic as well, and I didn't know that I was as, as dyslexic as I was. So I went through years of struggling with you know, and you imagine the amount of paperwork that there is in the police. So. I was having to deal with all that. And of course, it's an opportunity for people to get at you. You know what bullies are like, you know what people are like. If you're struggling in an area, they're going to seize on it and stuff. So I had a lot of that going on. Um, plus, I was a, I can, I can string two words together pretty well. Um, I've done quite well in, in the police and got promoted and done a few things. I even left Northampton Police and went to London to police because I wanted to expand. I wanted to take myself out of the comfort zone. And that was a mammoth thing to do. You know, I'm sat here in Northampton Police as, as a police officer and I just was listening to all these guys day in, day out, just moaning and moaning and moaning about how crap the job is. And and I thought, I'm not going to be one of these people. I always strive to do better. I always strive to think, well, 
I don't want to be one of these guys that's moaning every week, week in, week out, and not doing anything about it. So I actually took the massive plunge and I applied for a job in London and I got it. So I was then getting on a train every day, going into London. That was, a, <laughs> that was an experience in itself, having to learn how to police in London. And, and I was on an undercover unit as well. So I covered Soho and Westminster and drugs and prostitution and stuff like that. So some of the some of the situations, <laughs> the stories there. Some of the stories I could tell <laughs> yeah. you, and you know, a couple of I did gun put to my head once, and God, I couldn't even tell it on air. We'd probably get banned if I told some of the things that I saw. But again, that was a tough environment to be in. Um, very. It's a rank system, isn't it? So if you if you upset the wrong people, even though you've got every right to, then your cards are marked, and that's how it was. Mm. So they can make your life a very difficult one, and, and you know you've got people that are quite happy to throw you on the sword to, to get promotion to do better than you. So it was constantly back and forth with racism discrimination people getting promoted over you that really shouldn't because they go and play golf with that person and there's all that sort of stuff that went on but it is it was a really really tough environment but at the same time it made me look at myself in a in a better light it helped me with my mental health because at some point I remember there was one dark time I was being bullied so badly um, by both my bosses at the time and they, they weren't crewing me with anybody so I'd go out on my own and I got sent to this horrific job and I didn't get any backup and I ended up getting quite badly hurt and just you know I'd just come back and I was just thought why why is this happening to me as you do sometimes and you think why is this happening to me am I that bad a person you know I was switching it on myself and I just realised that I had to change, I have to do something about this. So I did, and I started to make some changes within myself because I realised none of these people, none of these people are good, that really care about me at all as a person. So I needed to make the changes to start looking after myself. Sorry. That's right. Um, so I started doing that, and that's when I started working on my mental health. That's when I started really stepping up meditation, really started listening to positivity about things about making better decisions surrounding myself with the right people doing what I wanted to do for me um, and I started focusing outwards rather than than, than in, you know not yeah. focusing inwards rather than outwards yeah. sorry and that's when it all started to change I started to notice that I was becoming stronger I would kick back more fight back more um, rather than being a yes person which I know is one of the questions we're going to get to knowing your worth basically yeah I started to realise that a lot of the stuff that was happening to me was because I was better than what I thought Yeah, I didn't know that it was only later on that people used to say to me because you're going through this because you have got something about you you're good at your job you're articulate you're able to deal with the little old lady who's lost a handbag to, to a real real massive horrible murder scene or violence, you happen to you you're able to deal with those situations really, really well. And a lot of people are intimidated by you. Plus, you work out as well, which seems to make men really insecure. Yeah. Um, so, lots of that I didn't know, and it all started to come together. Where I started to think, oh yeah, yeah, and I started to realise that what my superpowers were. Mm. And then that's when I started to really evolve and become stronger and better as a person yeah so yeah it's like an example there that somebody might relate to a little bit there is when like when we were younger playing football if we ever played against a team and there was a known star player yeah you was told 
to kick the shit out of him, basically. And so that's because he's good. You know, you're not doing because he's terrible. You're doing it because he's good. Exactly. So it's like exactly. an example of you there. But I didn't know. Yeah, that. but you didn't know. But you're not going to know. Like, obviously, the, the footballer probably knows that. But you, you, you know, in that situation, you ain't going to know that. But they, they're the same reasons why it was happening. Mm. You know, which mm. is. Um, but it's good that you ended up realizing that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you obviously? It's a. When I said asked about the trauma there, does this, um, this still? It's obviously still work on this. Yeah, now. I mean, as I said, when I mentioned the word trauma, that's with some of the some of the jobs that I had to go mm. to. So some of the, I mean, what a lot of people don't realise is, and they don't realise that sometimes some of the jobs that we go to are really uh, were really horrific, um, especially when they involve children or something like that. And it and if you've got kids yourself or. It, it plays on you and and sometimes like I said going back to a lot of officers they wouldn't talk about it because it's you know if you're a male police officer you don't talk about something that's upset you whereas I used to do the opposite I used to find I used to find an outlet and talk about it so it didn't break me down eventually after so many years so the trauma side of it luckily I always reached out I always took advantage of counseling when it was offered especially if I'd gone to something really horrible um, because I knew I know how how important it is to let those emotions out rather than keep them locked in because eventually they're going to take over you and destroy your body anyway so I used to find the help that I needed talk about it offload it put it in a place where I can comfortably talk about it years later which I can <clears throat> so but that's why I always try and get people to look at your emotions because if you don't deal with them they grow it's like planting seed it will just grow and grow and grow you could ignore it and you could ignore it and then one time in the end everything just becomes too much and everything will come out at you mm. so I used to chip away at mine and deal with them on a day to day or weekly basis whatever mm. um, what impact did it have on you losing your mother in oh, 2020 wow um, yeah this was a biggie for me because this was, like I said, one of my outlets was my mum. So mm. I was extremely close to my mum. I mean, every day we'd chat, every day we'd talk. She used to encourage me because as a kid growing up, I was very close to my mum. This little child that used to cling to my mum, very emotional. She used to encourage me to say, look, you know, don't think there's something weird about you because you're, like, you're an emotional guy because you're going to be an emotional man. Change it and have it as your superpower. So I always remember... She said to me about a week before she passed away, <clears throat> we all took it in turns as kids to look after her, um, you know, because she, she was, she was, we knew that she was going to pass away, but we didn't realise it was going to be so early. And I remember sitting with her at two in the morning because it was my turn to look after her and she'd woke up in pain. And she said, to, I said to her, mum, have you had a good life? And the first thing she said to me, she said, not at first. I said, okay. She said, because I spent too long doing things for other people rather than doing stuff for myself she yeah. said my life changed when I started putting my hopes and my dreams first and she said that's what I want you to do she said you spent far too long worrying about what other people think and say and do and she said the one thing I'll say to you is I can pass away now and say to myself that I've done the best I can for my life for my kids and everything because I've done that she said I don't want you to be one of these people that sits there when it comes to it and you can not say that you had the best life because you spent far too long running around for everybody else so it was traumatic but at the same time she taught me so much 
that it's made me really strong today. It's made me really strong today, really adamant about the boundaries that I set, what I expect, what I want, what I expect from other people. And if you can't respect my boundaries and the things that I'm after, you're not coming into my circle. It's as simple as that. Well, you don't need them, do you? I, I won't. I won't no. accept them. And that's, that's everything. And nobody, like I said before, nobody's going to tell me what to do because ultimately <clears throat> people will give you their opinion. You can speak to a hundred people and every hundred of those people have a different opinion. Um, what I've learned about that is that <laughs> I'm not going to please everybody, but the one person I should be pleasing and respecting is me. So when I, when I have a problem or I've got to make a decision, people might give me their opinion, but then I sit with myself and say, right, what does Mike want to do? How does Mike feel about this? What's the best for Mike in the long run? And I always make the right decision. If it's the wrong decision, it's still my decision that went wrong, not somebody else's. So I always, always, on the impact of my mum passing away, always remember those last few words that she said the week before she passed is always, 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 no matter what the situation is, put yourself first. Um, and I don't mean like ignore everybody else if somebody's dying on the floor. So yeah. That's not what I mean. When it comes to making decisions about your life, especially when it comes to anything, relationships, where you live, your job, everything, think about what you want more than anything else. Because that then will give you the, I don't know, the motivation because you're going where you want to go. And when, then, when you've got that and you've learned to do that and you stop worrying about what other people think and because you're not doing what they want you to do, you become so much stronger and you you really, really become a stronger person, which is what I yeah. said to me. It's like a lot of people can view that as being selfish, which is in a good way, which it should, well, but people can view that in a bad way. But then that person is being selfish because you're not doing what they want you to do. But it's it's okay for them to call you selfish, but it's not. they're not going to call themselves selfish. That's exactly it. They're only using the word selfish because you're not jumping yeah. to their tune. Yeah. So that, that's what I found as a people pleaser, because I'm being careful to not touch on that. When you constantly do things for other people at the, at the detriment of yourself, they get used to you doing that. So it's almost like if you get a gift from somebody every day after a while, it's just a gift, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. So they just get used to that. They expect you to do it. So, but then you're sacrificing yourself. The respect will not be there. They'll expect you to do it. But the minute you don't do it, you're, you've been doing it for years or for months, you like put on their shoe. Yeah. Suddenly you're a horrible person, yeah. and it's only once that you've not done it. But you know you, you you've got to think of yourself. I've got I've got a good example there. So when my when my uh, nan was alive, um, my brother was round every day, doing the what you know washing, washing up, and you know looking after my nan and pat basically. Even my nan when my pat passed away, and me being me busy and doing stuff for myself you know I did visit from time often but I'd go around and I'd hoover and it'd be she'd be ringing up everybody you know because I've gone around you know once in that month and hoovered for her but yet my brother like you say my brother would miss not pop around one afternoon or one evening and she'd be ringing around everybody oh, he's, you know he's not done this he's not done that he's not done this yeah, but I'm God's gift because I've done it once. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly yeah. it. That's, yeah, yeah. that's why it's important. You know, if you people just like you said, eventually, if you do something for people all the time and you don't put yourself first, they take you for granted. They expect you to do what they want you to do because you've got to do it. They lose the fact that you're actually putting yourself out 
and you end up being the loser. I remember doing this. This this is something that I did on a regular basis and I was the unhappiest person ever. I was watching everybody else excel, everybody else do great things. I wasn't invited to things, even though I'm thinking, well, they're all doing this stuff. Why haven't I been invited? Because they were so used to me there. I was like the sofa that was always mm. there. Oh, don't worry. Mine's It'll, be there there. Anyway. It'll be there anyway. It'll be there anyway. And that was another thing that I realised that actually... I need to make a change in that area. And the minute I started saying no to people, the amount of friends or people that I thought were friends that dropped off because they weren't getting what they wanted from me. They didn't care about me. They were just caring about what they mm. could get from me. So that was another area of a, of a bit of a life change, which was great. Yeah. And, I, and I, was, I was glad that I had to do it. And I, I always say to people, stop being a people pleaser. Stop, stop making decisions based on looking after somebody else because you know I guarantee you they're not going to look after you people are going to move on with their lives and you're going to be stuck doing the same thing uh, and I never want to do that mm. yeah I, to- I just totally I totally agree with that um, where do you start when dealing with clients past traumas how you know how do you approach that yeah this is a this is a biggie because I almost like look at it as I, I do with myself so whenever I've got a client that's got lots of for instance they can't motivate themselves so we'll talk about motivation they always start a diet but never can finish it or they can't they're just stuck in a in a rut and I say well what's stopping you I said there's so many diets out there there's so many things on social media and I said so what's stopping you and and I'll take them right back. Let's go back to what you were like growing up. And I'll start chipping away at that. And then you'll find in that journey, at some point in that journey, somebody has told them that they're not good enough. They then reinforce that by saying that to themselves with their own self-talk. So over the years, that's festered up. So whenever they come across anything that needs a bit of, a bit of, uh, a bit of gumption or a bit of effort, they doubt themselves because they've been told that they're not good enough. So even if they try, they're going to fail anyway. So they've, they've spent so long talking to themselves in self-talk from back then when they could have been nine or eight or seven over the years, it's grown and grown and grown. So they don't believe in themselves. So because they've self-taught themselves to the point where their brain just thinks we're no good at anything. What's the point starting a diet? What's the point doing this, doing that? You're going to fail anyway. So they just, perpetuate it and mm. fail see told you so see told you so and that's what the brain's telling them so it's about changing flicking that switch off and saying that what was said to you back then was just said to you back then and you try and put it in its place back then and then say you can achieve anything you want to achieve it doesn't mean you're going to fail and then I also back that up with saying failure is the road to success so, and I'll talk about a few celebrities that have failed and have failed and have failed. And then look at them now, they're at the top of their game. Every successful person failed. So I said, so don't be frightened of failure. Failure is okay. Failure is a way of learning not to do it that way the next time. So when you start chipping away at that, they start to think, oh yeah, you're right. And then I'll give them little bits of homework to do and to start chipping away at that negativity. And then when you see over the weeks, the change in them, the, the confidence that starts to come out and they start to realise that actually they've wasted a lot of years by just self-talk and I always talk about this self-talk and that's the that 20 minutes when you're laying in bed before you fall asleep I'll say what sort of stuff are you talking thinking to yourself and a lot of it's all the negative the stuff that that flies around I'm not good enough for this why is everybody else always successful and I'm not 
self-talk doubt, self-taught negativity. Not everybody's successful, but they're trying. And the difference is they're actually giving it a go and failing. You're not noticing that, but you're noticing when they get it right. You should be doing the same thing. Instead of sitting there wallowing, thinking, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. You can, and you should. And if you fail, you get up and you keep trying. And then eventually you'll be a success. And somebody will be looking at you thinking, well, how did they do that? It's because you got on with it. Yeah. It's, let's say, they re- people regret what they don't do rather than what they do do. Absolutely. And, yeah. that, and again, it all comes down to the same thing. I remember if I would have taken advice from people before I joined the police, I wouldn't have joined because people were telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, hang on. I made my own decision. Yes, I, I experienced some real bad stuff, but it's also turned me into a better person today. So that's why I say, again, with your self-talk, negativity, talking to yourself, listening to people that think you've got their, they've got your best interest to heart is always a bad thing. It's all about making the decisions that are best for you long-term. Think about your future, what you want long-term, rather than listening to people who really only looking at it from their point of view so make decisions for yourself and that's where that all comes from so that's why I always go back with the client right back to the very beginning to see what their experiences are like in life about why they're so negative with themselves and normally you'll find it it'll jump out at you they've been told that they're no good and they've started to believe it and they've been saying it to themselves year in year out for the for God knows how long and it's embedded in them and it's about dis. dis- getting rid of that thought pattern and switching it around. Yeah, it's why you've got to be so careful with um, even speaking to your children um, because they hear that word, or even if you say, oh, you know, don't be so stupid. As soon as you say that to a child, it's, I'm stupid, like, and that, and you don't realize, you know, you, you might only be even joking, you know, you should be careful even joking um, because that, that will just be imprinted in their head. And I think when we, we met last time, I said about example of like uh, my daughter climbing up a climbing frame um, certain family members will be, you know, be out of their wits, out of their mind because she's climbing up a climb from it. All it would be would be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. That's all you'll hear. And you don't realise that he's coming from a good place, but the effect that that has is uh, lacking self-confidence in, you know, a business venture or, you know, going to the gym or, you know, doing anything in life. You don't, you don't realise it's not just the climbing frame. It's not, they won't just have a low self-confidence climbing up a climbing frame in the future. It will be in other areas of their life. Yeah, I mean, that, that all stems from, I mean, somebody said today that if we was to go to walk today, the, 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 the way young guys are today, we would struggle to, to have real strong men. And, uh, and it's because a lot, a, lot, a lot of society today, we actually, and I don't know what you think about this, we actually kind of overcompensate and overcuddle mm. our kids today because we're so frightened of everything that's, that, that moves. We're frightened of everything. And um, so therefore they don't, they get that fear in them because you know what it's like. If you don't allow your daughter to experience a fall or to climb that climbing frame, and if you show fear in front of her, she's going to learn that that's a dangerous thing to do. And it could be dangerous, but you don't want to fear in everything in life, everything that moves because, you know, when a child decides that it's going to walk over there, you've got to let it do it. And if it falls, you say, oh yeah, yeah, okay, come on, get back up again, because that's what life's like. Mm. So you want you want your children to have that confidence to, to try things. But if you overcompensate to the point of you don't let them do anything, you know, it's like <laughs> they ain't going to know how to cope in the real world. 
and and yeah and that's that's about the self-confidence thing mm. you know you really got to be careful what you say to a child because i remember some of the things that were said to me as a kid growing up to this day that were negative and I'll, i've never forgot them even when i was six or seven or eight so you know you really have got to be careful what you say to a child and how you make them feel on a day-to-day basis because they care what their parents say <laughs> in, in, in beds. Yeah, it's, it's in really, the subconscious. Yeah, it's always yeah. it's always there. I mean, like yeah. children are not born with anxiety. They're not born with um, fears of spiders, snakes, no. or whatever. You know, that, they've learnt that, and a lot of the time they've learnt that from the pe- like the parents or family members around. So you have got to be very careful. Or well, unfortunately, social media. Yeah, they've all got access to yeah, it, yeah. and it puts the fear of God into some of them. You know. Um, well, I think we might have touched on this, but how would you help uh, a client stay motivated? motivated? Yeah, I find I find what's called their trigger trigger switch. So what I mean by that is, you always find when somebody like we talked about the the, the person that decides that they want a personal trainer or they go to the gym or they need to actually do something, um, something has triggered that. Something has given them enough motivation at that point to to get up to actually stand up and say, I want to do something. So I then seize on that and say, well, what is it that's made you come to come to me today or walk through the door of a gym that you couldn't do two weeks ago, two months ago, whatever. So you jump on that and then you try and expand it. And normally it's because they don't like what they look like naked, which happens sometimes. They're not confident uh, intimacy-wise with their partner now because I've noticed that they don't like the way their body looks. They can't get in a dress or the guy is starting to say right i'm starting to get out of breath and you know at the top of the stairs i'm starting to develop this starting to develop that i've been told i've got this going on that going on so there's always something that that has pushed them to do it so what i do is i then make that the 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 goal to to head for <clears throat> so i'd say okay if it's a woman that doesn't like her body and i'll say to her, what how do you want your body to look? What what are we looking at to, to improve your body that's going to be happy for you in your brain? And she say, well, I want to lose this around my stomach. I want to be firmer on my arms, that sort of thing. So I said, right. So our goal is then to get you to this place um, by, and we'll pick a time span, and then we'll agree on the exercise program and how often we're going to do it. And that will be our goal. And I'll say, so every time they get to the point where they're struggling. I'll say, remember what our goal is. This is what you want to look like. I've told you. Let's keep this going. You're going to be amazed how good you're going to look by then. But this is going to take work. You can't just, you spent years getting to where you are now to look like the way you look that you're not happy. What makes you think we're going to do it in two weeks? We've got to undo all this work, all this baggage that you've got around your stomach. And we've got to slowly chip away at it. So when you get it at the end of the goal, it's yours. And you in you in, you have that lifestyle to keep it for the rest of your life not just you get it and then it all stops let's make this a part of your life journey let's make this a part of your everyday life that you go to the gym three times a week four times a week taking a class look at your diet and make sure that you're healthy that's what we, that's our goal and you keep that pushed at them all the time the minute you start to see them remind them of what what this is all about because sometimes they forget Mm. and they've got pressures elsewhere oh no that's just have a takeaway tonight it won't hurt <laughs> excuses more <laughs> yeah, pressures, yeah more excuses you know. let's do this let's do it. the pressure the pressures of people that aren't motivated and aren't, haven't got a goal is massive you just have to speak to people who, who are around people that are not are not going for goals are not proactive in in what they do every day and they are exhausting 
you know, oh, stop being such a party pooper, you know, have a drink, let your hair down for once and all this. But they're the ones that are rocking in a corner because they absolutely hate how they look. And I don't ever want to feel that way. <laughs> I'd rather do the work. And, and it's kind of a thing where they want you to do what they're doing so it makes themselves feel better. That's yeah. exactly yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. I heard a good quote this morning. It's not really related. that He, he didn't relate it to um, uh, fit, fitness or anything like that. It was more like, say, get, I think it was on about getting up in the morning and being an early riser. He believed, you know, the 5am club, club and stuff like that. But he, was, he said, if you if you don't ever read the book, you might just miss out on your favourite book. And it's sort of like what you were talking about then. If you don't actually do it and keep it up, like so keep reading the, through the book, when you shut that book and get to the end of the book, you know, you could turn around, like that could be the most, the best book you've ever read. And, it's, and, I, and I, I listened to that this morning when I was just walking around and I thought, you know, that's quite good. I've never heard that before. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's I mean, quite good. Yeah. Always, one of the things I always say is, how when you, when you speak to somebody, I say how how do you want your life to look? And I always say sometimes, picture your life, how you want your life to look in the future. And they say I want this, I want that, I want that. I say okay, so that's how you want your life to look. So what are you doing to get that? Mm. And a lot of the time they're saying nothing. nothing. I said well, so how are you going to get it then? Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen? You think it's just going to drop out of the sky? I said yeah. you've got to go and get it. And I said and there are people that have got a dream or got a, a vision similar to yours that are actually going and getting it. So I said, so that's what you've got to do. Regardless of what anybody else thinks, if that's your goal and that's what you want, then you've got to go for that. That should be your life purpose. That's what we all should be doing on this earth is going for what makes us happy. So that's why I, I seize on that when I'm dealing with a client, what makes you happy? And if you want to have a better physique, you want to look better, feel fitter, be more confident, then that make that your goal. But it, you've got to take the steps to do it. Mm. It isn't just going to drop in your lap. It's an attitude change. It's a diet change. It might even be change the circle of friends that you hang around with and who you're listening to. Depends how bad you want it. So you know, it's, you know, hard work is is also comes along with sacrifice, doesn't it? Mm. And sometimes you might have to sacrifice the, the wrong people around you. Yeah. You know, I found that out. Yeah. It's same same here. I, I found that out too. But yeah, I like that the fact that you 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 elaborate that and let them know that you're it is small steps and it is, yeah. it's not it's not an instant it's not like you know you don't wake up in the morning get on an airplane and you're on holiday and you're having a wonderful time it's it's hard work you've got to get through it for that end you know the end well not not saying the end result because the you know you, your mindset will change you know you might have a, a great physique and get where you want to go but then your mindset so good on other areas of your life you know it might sort out it's exactly that because to, to me people say oh you know oh, how do you how can you look the way that you do at your age and I look at them as if to say well it, they almost make it sound as if I've just woken up one morning or I was born at you know, birth or come out looking the way I do and I'm saying well actually it's it's weeks and months and years of discipline of sacrifice and you know, when, you know, and I was at some, one actual guy actually said this, he was m making a comment that I'm always at the gym. And he said, oh, some of us have to work. And I went, whoa. And I said, really? And I said to him, so when you were going clubbing and you were out in the town, going clubbing, doing all the disgusting things that you clearly were doing back then, guess where I was? I was at a murder scene or I was, I was at a police crime scene. I was learning a job. I was studying law. I was doing all these things where I was actually doing all the things that I did for 30 years. And yeah, I was, I'm one of the lucky ones that happened to be re retired early because I put in the, in the hard work. 
you shouldn't, you know, I'll never chose your position where you are. I would never make a comment like that to you, but you feel that it's okay to make a comment like that to me. And I thought to myself, you know what, that, that just sums up that individual. And I just thought to myself, it just made me smile because at the end of the day, he didn't put in the work. He made his decision on what career he took. I had no say in that, but he's still now got a problem with what I'm doing. And yes, I am always at the gym because why shouldn't I be? It's 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 that's what you want to do. <laughs> it's what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. It just you know somebody's always at the pub but that's what they yeah. want to do. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and that's what my point was. I'm at the gym because yeah. it's what I love to do, because I know the long term benefits, the short term benefits, it makes me feel good about myself. I get the the you know, the dopamine, I get all the all the feel good hormones from from a workout. I know that in the long term it's gonna pay off. I like the I like what it does for me and that's got nothing to do with anybody else. No. A lot of people will think that to so look at it, the ego thing. Oh, look at me, look at me, and which is what a lot of people. Well, they, but that's what. The, only because they probably look at themselves, and they're not happy. The, so amount, they, the yeah. amount of times, I mean, you know me. You've seen me around the gym, and we we train at the same place and stuff. The amount of times that people have no idea that I, you know, the work that that I put in. Um, they just, like you said, they just think I've got it out of a packet. <laughs> I've ordered it on Amazon this morning. It's mm. just come in the post and I've just put this suit on. Yeah. And you know, and you know, it takes hard work, dedication, consistency. Even with the injury that I had, and you know, I snapped me a cleese tendon, which is one of the, it's a life-changing injury. And, you know, it's, it's made me change some of the things that I can do because I was going to compete in the Arnold Classics and stuff. But I can't do that now. But... That's that, and I'll, I'll just pick myself up, and I'll continue on the road and the place that I want to get to. And that, that's that's my mentality. So yeah, I am always at the gym. I'm glad I'm always at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's what um, you know. People, I mean, you you put obviously put a lot of work in and hard work and and everything like that. But people listening to this, they think, oh, you know, they probably haven't got two hours or an hour and a half. Or, you know, but it doesn't take that. I mean, I'll get. People say to me sometimes, "Oh, what do you go? Oh, do you go gym every day?" And so, but I was like, sometimes I go gym for twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm a, you know, sometimes yeah. if I think, "Oh, I haven't got time to go for an hour or forty-five minutes," I'll just go in and do twenty minutes because it's better than not doing twenty minutes. In well, my the head. thing is, people always use that as an excuse. But if you watch, if you ask them what they do when they've got nothing to do, they'll either be sitting on the sofa going through social media, watching rubbish on the TV. Um, ordering takeaways and stuff like that in that time they could have gone to the gym and done an hour's workout or done some sort of exercise that's going to benefit their mind their body and you know do you you see what I mean so it's it's a case of that's why I say to people it doesn't have to be a gym you can go and do a class you can go swimming for an hour do something other than sat on your phone watching TV eating bad food do something that's going to long term help you be a healthier person yeah and it you know that's i've made the sacrifice i was quite happy to make the sacrifice and i have done for years and years and years where i've not gone out on the town because i don't particularly i don't drink alcohol i don't feel the need to and trust me when you've dealt with as many drunk people as i have in the police you don't i don't feel the need to, to, to be into alcohol so there's a lot of sacrifice there's a lot of things i haven't had the chance to do but i'm glad that i haven't done it because i'm quite happy with where I'm at and where I'm going, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know, but, that, but, that, but that's knowing yourself, isn't it? Yeah. And, and and actually, yeah, caring about yourself. I mean, if if you know you, I think I heard somebody say that if you're they interviewed like a, 
a billion, a few billionaires and millionaires on, you know, on, while they're on their deathbed, basically. And the the one thing that they all asked for was their health. And so it doesn't matter how rich you are or anything, but they, you know, and take care of it before it's too late. And, and I'll get a lot of people saying to me, yeah, but you could, you don't, you know, you could be doing all this and something still happens or whatever. But yeah, I don't know the car to dealt, but I don't want to play with fire. You know, if I want to prolong that or at least attempt to prolong it, I will do and then I'll get everything else that comes with that. I think that's a cop-out when people say that, oh, I could get knocked over by a bus yeah. tomorrow and all stuff like that. Yeah, but I might not. Mm. You know, I'd rather be a fit person and physically fit and healthy and get knocked over by a bus because I might actually re- recover from yeah. it. If I was unfit and I got knocked over by, by a bus because I'm so unfit, I'll die from it. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. So you can look at it and say, oh, you know, we could all get knocked over and killed by a bus. Yeah, we could do, but I'd rather be a fit person and you know, know that I'm physically fitting myself and get knocked over by a bus. If that's the time that I'm going to go, I'm going to go. But I'm not going to be a couch potato just in case I might get knocked over tomorrow because I can't be bothered. That doesn't yeah. ring. That no. does. That isn't right. No. I mean, <laughs> and COVID sort of um, brought that sort of to light, didn't it? As well with um, yeah. a lot of things. Um, when we caught up before, you told me about being in being in a punk band. What was that like? Yeah. Um, again. <laughs> so when I was. 1415 uh, I started playing the guitar and I learned the guitar and stuff and my brother was a drummer and he played the drums so we and, and bearing in mind we're in the 80s now so yeah. this was you know Cockney Rejects there was National Front and, and bands yeah. like that and, and the punk scene whatever so we we then one of our mates was a skinhead from London he'd moved up from London and he was at our school so we all sort of started jamming and he used to sing on the mic and stuff and that and we sounded pretty good so got a bass player a, another local lad who was a punk as well and we started playing we started sounding pretty pretty tight so in the end we started really sort of working on it and then what we did is we did a we went into a studio only a four track studio and paid for it on a Saturday and we laid down four songs that we thought were decent enough and we sent them off to these record companies and two two wanted us and one signed us up so we'd done a a single mm. which is still on it's oh, still, is it? yeah it's on yeah, YouTube yeah. now um, and we were called Death Sentence UK there's a Death Sentence in Australia but we were called Death Sentence you put UK Punk mm. in we're actually on there so we did really really well so this single is worth 65 quid now it's an yeah. EP and um, yeah and we did some gigs we did a bit of touring uh, and we were gonna, we were starting to gather some momentum because the reason why we were so unusual is because there were two black kids this, in it. Yeah, I mean, the, so, the two don't go hand yeah, in hand so in the era it, that... The, yeah, yeah, so we're in the 80s, you've got two black punks in this punk band playing pure thrash, thrash yeah. punk and we were and then of course we started to get some attention, you see. So, And, and it just so happens there's a, a book that we're going to be in. Um, a guy contacted me saying that influential bands punk bands in the 80s Sex Pistols going to be in there Susie and the Banshees and stuff and he, he's putting us in there Yeah. so I had to write an article for us to go in this book and this book's coming out in the new year so I'm absolutely super proud to think God <laughs> that's great us at 15, 16 and you know in a you know playing I remember playing in a little room in my mum's kitchen suddenly you've sort of pushed out the barriers and done a single and we're on an EP and an LP as well um, because we were so different and it sort of had that sort of knock on effect of it so it's brilliant it's great to see the amount of that it's still on YouTube and all our demo stuff's on there as well it's like 
people who have actually started put, listening to it and then you know we're going back quite a while now it's just quite a while but yeah it's like I'm absolutely blown away by it and I even listen to it sometimes as well just to remember what it was all like yeah that's you know, great it's just it's just another thing again that probably not probably that people would have said to you absolutely to stay away from imagine, and don't do it imagine how scary it was for my parents yeah so me, me and Steve we, we booked to play a gig in yeah. Leicester in front of loads of punks you know and there could be potential National Front skinheads yeah. there and there's me and Steve yeah <laughs> you know we're only 15 it's not though like I'm, I'm half the size yeah, yeah, and I'm not yeah. even less thrashing out but we were really good you mm. see so what it is it just it just you know but, but it, yeah it was madness that we could we did that but again it comes down to the same thing I will not be told what I can and can't do yeah comes down to that I've got my life and I want to lead it to the best way that I can to, to experience the best so now when I'm on my deathbed I can talk about all the memories of competing in shows being in the police doing some unusual stuff being in a punk band being on stage yeah. winning shows so it's lovely that's what I want you, you know need a I mean? book out yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just I just love love the fact that I've got that mentality yeah. and so is my family so is my brother so yeah I just won't have it I won't have it um, you know if you I'm just of the belief that it, no matter who you are if you really really want something you've got to go and do it because if you don't somebody else will and then you just regret it if you don't do it so like we said earlier exactly. you know, um, you also well, you touched on you compete in bodybuilding competitions yeah. uh, tell us about that yeah um, yeah the same thing like uh, when I first walked in the gym it was Image Gym in Northampton and it was at Gregory Street at that time and that was before before Neil Homer and uh, bought it. And yeah, I walked in, you know, skinny little thing, me. But I was very lean because I was from a sprinting background. So I started doing weights. And had, you know, within a year, they said, Oh, you need to do a show. You'd be really good. You've got a nice shape on you. Nah, I don't know. So I did my first show, won it. <laughs> I won it and I got the bug from there. And I just thought, Oh, this is really good, you know. And I started to train hard. I started to do more and started to do more shows. And I did loads and loads and loads in the end. And it was just. The journey in that, we're learning about the, about bodybuilding and how how difficult it is to learn how to, because everybody thinks oh, I'm going to do a show. They don't realise the work that it takes to get your body as lean as possible and keep as much muscle mass as possible, and then learn how to pose, then learn how to pose to music, then you've got to stand in front of all these people, completely exposed up against other people. People don't realise how hard that is to do and how difficult it is to do. So, you know, I hear guys say, oh, I'm going to compete next year. And I say, okay, what show are you doing? And they never do. So, you know, it, it, it is I always say, if you're going to, going to compete, you've got to commit yourself to it. Yeah. So again, it's another thing that you've got to say, I'm going to do, mm. and then take the steps to get there. So, yeah, oh, it was an amazing time. Absolutely amazing yeah. time. I had the best time. Winning was the most amazing feeling. You know, when you, you know, and I got in the mags as well. I got in Bodybuilders Monthly, got in a couple of mags as well um, because they just thought, oh, we'll publish, this guy's got a, a physique and there's Brian Buchanan, which was a, a guy back in the day. Um, great times. And that's probably why I train so hard still to this day. So I still train really hard. I, don't, I can't train any less. No. I just love training. I yeah. just, it's just what I love doing all the time. I can't really put on the brakes as much. Even when I had my leg was in plaster, you still see me hobbling around in his, uh, around Dallington gym, still with both crutches on and still trying to push weights and stuff because 
Nå finns det inte stopp med. That's determination. That, that's, that's, that's another level of discipline. And I was in so much pain as well because yeah. it was swollen and I needed to come out of surgery and stuff. And people saying, "What are you doing here?" Well, the rest of my body's working fine. Yeah. I don't want to just sort of sit and wallow in my own self pity. So I got to the gym. I got in a taxi, picked me up, or somebody could drop me off, and I did an hour, hour and a half in plaster. My leg was swollen. I was on painkillers to the max. <laughs> so I still was in the gym still was in the gym I like how you just touched up again on when you was competing this is what a lot of people need to realise when they're looking at social media and stuff like that you said like nobody sees the work behind the scenes no so and this is what people have got to realise that actually you know they might see somebody on holiday or doing this doing that doing this doing that they actually don't know the struggles they've gone through you know it's all painting a picture of a different story but they don't know behind yeah, the scenes so you have got to be careful you, you, know. you know social media very, very well and so do I I know that some people will only post their best pictures they'll only post something that makes them look in their best light because they don't want to be honest about the struggles that they're really having whereas I believe the best people to follow on social media the people that talk about their bad days as well talk about the struggles that they've had talk about how difficult it can be because they're the honest people because trust me body you know getting yourself in shape to go on stage in front of lots of people and be judged because that's the other thing they're going to judge you mm. up against other people is one of the hardest things to do mentally let alone anything else so yeah um and you can see all these guys that look amazingly massive and we know what goes on all the other stuff we're talking you know we can touch on steroids if you like but we're not going to and there's all that that goes on that people don't see and they just see the end product oh this guy's amazing yeah I know they're amazing but there's all the other stuff that goes on behind the scenes you know but they're not sleeping they've got problems with their digestion they've got problems with their hormones all that that you don't get to hear mm. that happens yeah. in, in real life that they don't get to see so they, they see the glamorous side but I know the glamorous side but also I know the, the dark side yeah. of it all as well so yeah but that just goes in life in general yeah, but life's you know, the same yeah. life's the same everybody just sees you know the, the, the Olympic stars that win gold but you don't see the times that they've failed and they've you know they're at their darkest place and they're in the worst place they could possibly be mentally but they've kept going and they've kept going and it's all paid off mm. but that's what life's like it isn't all like unfortunately today it always seems that people just want to press a button press send an order and suddenly life's going to be amazing just like it says in the brochure or yeah. do you know what I mean yeah and, and it ain't and it isn't and you know and things like your fitness and your health your mental health all that you've got to really put in the work for it and again I'll say again if you want something in life and you've got a dream and a hope and stuff like that you've got to go for it you've got to do and make take the steps to get it because it's not going to come to you You've got to, you've got to go for it mm. yourself. I like the what, we, what you said earlier about the deadline thing. Um, it's like me with this podcast. It's something completely new to me, out of my comfort zone, massively. And I set a date, and I just went for it. And if I didn't set that date, it would have just continued and continued. You know what? It's this. You know, I've got my house on the market now, and we. You know, I'm I'm taking steps to try and improve my life in areas that I think need improving um, and I thought about this for when I was 30 around that sort of age um, sort of to imp make improvements in my life and then and I didn't make a deadline or sort of take any action and then all of a sudden I'm hitting 40 and I've gone wow I thought about this 10 years ago and I never set 
any sort of targets or a deadline. So all of a sudden I've gone, right, this is changing now and, and I've set deadlines and targets and, and action is being taken. So, you know, I read a, I mean, I read a book on uh, a bloke called I Will Teach You How To Be Rich. And uh, two weeks later, I was selling my house was on the market because I realised the life I'm living is not the life, my rich life. It's not my successful life or the happiness life. And that's the question I'm going to talk to you here about is... Uh, it's going to say, and in your opinion, how do you define success? Like, what's your rich life, in a sense? Yeah, my success for me is not the car that sits outside. If you notice my car that you've seen many times, it's just a little S, you know, Fiesta ST. Um, I could get something fancy and big and stuff like that, but it, it's, it doesn't, that's not how I see success for me. Um, I've not got a massive house yet. I haven't got, you know, like I said, I could do all those things but I don't choose that success because success for me is within me so my success is the fact that I can like as we've, we've touched on it earlier I can sit in a room with myself with nothing on no sound no nothing and be really comfortable with myself I can I can go out and I can talk to people I can be confident in who I am I'm not frightened of my own thoughts I'm, I can focus on a, on a mission and go for it and not be worried about anything else. Um, I have my daughters always want to be around me. <laughs> Mate, that is the biggest, mm. biggest flex that I can ever tell you. <laughs> when you hear from your kids, yeah, when they're grown up, you know, they're grown up kids and they want to be around you all the time. Mate, I cannot tell you how amazing that is when you've got that. That is pure success. So you can you can keep all your millions of pounds, you can keep all your mansions and all your cars and your Lamborghinis or whatever. That doesn't mean nothing to me when I can sit in my place on my if even if I'm on my own and I can sit there and I can look at all the pictures of my daughters and my friends and the people that matter to me and know that these people care and that I've done the best I can for me that's success for me because mm. I no longer do I do what works for me and what makes me happy and that's success for me ultimately but that sort of shows like you your kids have no choice but to be with you until they move out but then yeah. so that shows credit when they actually want to spend that shows the person you are when actually they want to spend time with you when they've got a choice because then it shows that you're you know they actually want yeah, to spend because time I've, you know i've done i've done right by them and of course the way that i am as a person yeah they like the energy that i have because like you said i don't i as far as i'm concerned they can do anything they want mm. the only obstacles are what they allow other people to put in front of them so if somebody puts an obstacle in front of me i'm either going under it over it around it i'm going to go around it i'm going to do something but you're not if I decide that I don't want it, it's going to be me that decides that I don't want it, not somebody else. So that's what I instill in people and people around me. I don't like people around me who are always, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. Well, why can't you? And then you ask them why they can't and there isn't anything they've got. It's only purely because, like I said, the self-talk, the self-doubt that makes that, I don't want that rubbing off on me because as far as I'm concerned, I'm like a, I'm, I've got to, I've got to do, I've got to go for what I want to go for. I want to, be one of these people that's successful when I talked about my mission so I have a, a dream in my head I have a mission of where I need to be like you in a certain time frame etc etc so I'm taking steps so I that's why I'm going into business with my partner with Apex and then of course I've got my own mind to mind and to muscle page as well for my personal business and my life coaching all this is part of the mission 
and the steps that I'm taking to get to where I need to get to. So I'm not just sitting there dreaming about it. I'm making it happen, you know. And I've I've got a few decisions. Things are few things are happening in my life at the moment, but I'm gonna smash it. I always will smash it because at the end of the day. I know what the long-term benefits are going to be. So I'm happy to do the work. I'm happy to climb that mountain that's extremely difficult because I know that the rewards of the view at the top when I get there are going to be amazing. Yeah. So it's worth it's worth doing. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've touched up on that loads and I think you hear throughout this conversation that everything is hard work and, and in the end, you've got to put, the, well, you have got to put the hard work to get to that goal. I was, if, if everything was easy, like when you were saying about businessmen, um, you know, even Jeff Bezos and all you know, all them people—they've all had failed companies. You know, what I mean, Amazon was losing something like fifty yeah. odd. I think it was like two hundred thousand a year or something like that when they, you know, when they first started. But he was persistent, persistent, yeah. persistent because he knew long term what he was producing would be. And I'm not saying it works every time because people do fail. Oh, you people, fail. We know that but, bit. Business but but you learn. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I say, what does happiness mean to you as well? That's um, yeah. It, it sort of almost like trips into the same thing as before yeah. like like I said when I when I sit in my car and I'm like driving home or driving to the gym I've got this like this inner inner peace and that, that inner peace is knowing who I am and and that's because I've, I've again I'll say the same thing and I've gone on about it a couple of times but sit it's, it is truly about sitting with yourself and not running away from yourself and so that's why I can say I'm not saying that I don't have struggles I'm not saying that some days I'm losing the plot and feel insecure and clingy and whatever but what I can say is when I have those days I'm quite happy to sit with myself and not run to alcohol not run to something that's going to distract that from me because I know that it's important that I sit with myself so that's what I'm happy that I can do that mm. it's amazing that I can do that and I'm really happy to do it because as painful as it is sometimes it's it's put me in such a great place because I'm happy in it. And like you said, we touched on my daughters, we touched on things that I want to do, that I'm doing, and it makes me happy that I, I'm one of the, I've learnt, with all the stuff that's gone on in my life, I've learnt to do that. And that's why I'm in, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm relatively happy. Happiness, I would say, is not always there all the time because I'm, something might happen this afternoon that upsets me but then I have to ground myself and bring me as close back to happiness as possible because I'm not saying happiness is, right, I've arrived today, I'm happy today, and then from the rest of my life I'm going to be happy. No, it's a state of mind, isn't it? Mm. It's a state of feeling, a state of mind. So, But I would say I'm more happy most of the time because I'm able to just sit with me mm. and know what I want and not let anybody tell me or drip feed me stuff that tries to stop me doing what I want because I know what people are like people will like to keep you where they are for themselves so I know that it's important that you keep pushing on in life for yourself and I'm able to do that and that's what makes me happy it's like a lot of the time if somebody if somebody feels down and depressed or they wake up in the morning and I don't know all of us nothing's happened but they feel shit something needs to change you need to recognize that there's something that needs to change yeah. to make you yeah. feel and, better. And, and even if it means, like you said, choosing a different circle of friends, you've got to do it. Because you've got to say to yourself, you're, that's your life. And if you don't take charge of it, and if you're doing the same thing every day and you're waking up and you're feeling down and depressed and there's clouds all over you, if you keep looking out the same window expecting the view to change, it's not going to change. And it's the same thing as 
you don't do take the steps then what you're not going to go anywhere and it's the same with if you're feeling depressed and down you've got to make some change a drastic change is needed whatever that change is going to be and if it's people that you've got to change who you're hanging around with then you've got to do it and you know if you don't do it well don't be surprised that in a year's time you're still feeling down and depressed because mm. nothing's going to change mm. i'm quite happy if it comes to it to 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 leave people behind if they're going to make me feel bad about myself and and hold me back so i'm quite happy to leave them behind as sad as it is there's people that you think they're going to be in your lives forever as friends you you sort of outgrow each other because you're pushing on and they're pushing on i'm not going to sit here for them because i'm worried that i you know i don't want to upset them no they're going to push on so i need to push on and you know and if we're friends in the future great but i'm not going to stand still and not live a, f a great life because i'm worried that <laughs> I need to stay here for everybody else because that's just not going to happen. Well, your life's passed by and well, you, might, you still might not be friends and then you all of a sudden you've, I've been people pleasing this group of friends for so long they well, we're not friends anymore and now I've sort of wasted the last years of not you know not progressing and doing what I want to do then you just regret it. You do and that, and that's that's what it is and that's exactly what what I what happens with me. I, mm. I spent a lot of time pleasing you know, not being able to say no and always doing everything else. And what I found was, I was taking on their worries. So I'm laying there at night worrying about something I've committed to do for them. And they're like living in life a lot and Riley. And I'm like, hang on, how is this, how is this my stress? I'm doing this for them out of the kindness of my yeah. heart that I thought, but they're just taking advantage of me. Mm. And then when I needed stuff doing, and when I needed inviting to this party that they're all going to, guess what? I didn't get an invite and nobody was there for me. Mm. But they were quick to give me advice the minute I wanted to do something that they didn't agree with or didn't match what they wanted me to do. Do you see yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it yeah. was really interesting. Mm. It was really interesting. So. Yeah. Um, so what's your vision for the future of your career? What's your vision? Yeah, um, like I said, I touched on it. Um, I've set up my own page, which has only just recently gone up called Mind to Muscle Fitness Limited. That's my company. And that's for me to do my personal training and my life coaching with. But then the other company that I'm involved with is Apex, which is Apex Personal Training Limited. And that's basically with myself and my business partner, Ryan, where we're going to, in between now and Christmas, we're going to be opening a gym in Northampton. Okay. And it's going to be a personal trainer's gym. So we're going to kit it out with strongman stuff as well and all the, f the best fitness stuff that we can... I can afford <laughs> um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to open it up to personal trainers who want to use our facilities to use it and the reason why we're, we're doing that is because obviously when you're a personal trainer at a corporate gym you, you, you're at a disadvantage because there's loads of people there and you might have a client where I've got this particular workout set for you and guaranteed you won't get on the kit that you need to do it they don't get the workout that they're paid for you can't do the best for your client uh, and it just gets messy. So our, our thinking is we'll have a booking system. So you will then book on the system with your client and you've got the, you've got the run of the facilities 24 hours a day. So, you know, if you're, you're, mad, you're mad enough to have a client at two in the morning, providing we know you're supposed to be there because the alarm system will trip in, um, you can train your client at two in the morning, but you will pay us 
to use our facilities and that's that's apex which will be hopefully up and running before christmas if we find the right premises you haven't found are you we've we've yeah. seen a few but they've you know we, we've got to get this right yeah. and it's not about rushing it's about getting the right premises because we don't want people to have to walk and park yeah at distances to get to the unit we need it to be safe especially if we're talking females as well so it's about finding the right premises but that that is the goal for me between the, the the closest goal is to get that up and running and then if that goes well for a year we'll then look at a bigger unit and and, and upsize to the next size up uh, and that's my that's one of my goals with ryan um again he's done incredibly well to to do that so we've both done really really well we're both really passionate about it we're both passionate about what we're looking to do um and i'm excited as well um i've got and again on my page the minute I set up this business page, um, I've got all these messages from all these companies offering to sell me followers mm. for thousand, you know, if you give us 500 quid, we'll yeah, give you yeah. 30. And I've said no to all of them. So my page is the followers that are on there are the followers that I've gained properly and from my, you know, from myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bit different when it comes to my page as well. I'm not one of these that's going to take pictures of a client to the front, to the side, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I talk about subjects that people sometimes don't want to talk about because I think that's important mm. it isn't just about let's talk about fitness of the mind the bullying that goes on in gyms the the attitudes and stuff like that all that sort of stuff I like to touch on as well within the page so I'm hoping that it's a bit different and I want to keep it that way who wants to be the same as everybody else that's it well that's good that you, you touch on stuff like that because stuff like that does go on and it's in it yeah if they sort of know what goes on and prepared for you know certain yeah things like i just that. don't want to be yeah you know, i want to touch on things that that get people talking and especially the subjects that people tend to shy away from i want to talk about them mm. whether it's eating disorders whether it's you know you know gym jealousy all the kinds of stuff the bullying and the weirdness that goes on in the gym sometimes you know <laughs> the gangs of five around one bit of kit and yeah. you can't get on it all that sort of stuff i'm happy to talk about because i think it's all relevant it's all yeah. part of the fitness industry and I'm in the fitness industry, so. And so I had um, there's a bloke that's actually coming on this podcast in the future, and I was in the sauna with him at the gym the other day, and he was we were talking about um, going like the gym and stuff like that, and he and he said, "Do you go in the free weight section?" And I said, "Yeah, I go all the time. Like that's where I am." Mm. He went, "Oh, I've never been in there. I dared not And I just thought, and I just said, "Why?" Like, and he just had this complex, and I just yeah, I just didn't, I don't know, like. I've never really, because I've never, I've never sort of really cared what other people think. Anyway, that's just me. But I don't know. Obviously, we didn't, we couldn't sit there for too long and go into delve. And I'm not a therapist. Yeah, sort of I mean, that, yeah, you, that, that comes down to something within him, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. But we all know that you know going into a gym environment is, if you're not used to a gym environment, takes a bit of doing. Mm. Because, like you said, you pick up. There's, there's all this like, well, you know what it's like. You've got certain individuals that act a certain way. Uh, and a lot of the time you know I call it bullfrog syndrome we think we touched on it before that they want to portray a certain demeanour about themselves and you know that's not them mm -hmm. but they feel that they've got to do that so when you get a guy who's not used to coming into the gym environment sees people like that it's going to not be very nice for him or intimidating so that's why I always touch on gyms need to be a lot more friendlier for people um, you know we need to there's certain thing behaviours that I think need to be cut out um, that are in gyms but you know I'll, I will make sure the gym that I'm running doesn't allow that sort of stuff to go on mm. you know you leave your ego at the door they want to see you whipping your top off showing your abs <laughs> in the middle of the gym yeah for what reason yeah and, you know wearing next to nothing 
you know, so yeah. everybody can see every part of your body. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're there to train, but well, you should be there to train. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, and lastly, I'm going to ask you the question: Is what would what advice would you give to your younger self? I would say, if I was to speak to my younger self, I would say to him, um, "Don't think you're weird because you're not weird. You are. You've got superpowers that you, in the future, are going to be the most amazing thing for you." It's only weird because society is making you feel that you are weird because you're not like everybody else. Because that's, that's, that's the one thing I've noticed. If you don't conform to what society tells you to do, then there's something wrong with you. And I would say to myself, you are an absolute star. There is nothing wrong with you. And all these feelings that you're feeling are just setting you up to be the most incredible human being in the future. That's what I'd say to myself. I like that. Because what is normal? And Molly and always says when I was, when we I say that to her, she goes and she just goes normal's boring. Who wants to be normal? I'll <laughs> yeah. say again. I'm one of my sayings is enemy of average. I don't like normal. I would never, never like anybody to call me normal. Um, I don't like being normal. I don't want to be part of um, the rat race, as I call it, mm. of conforming to what everybody expects me to do, and that goes across the board. So. I will decide what normal is for me. Mm. Um, I don't see that word as anything that fits me. So again, it comes right back to the same thing that I talked about before. I will decide what success is. I will decide what's beautiful, what's 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 great and what isn't great, not society. Society can do what it likes. And if people want to follow the masses and follow society, it doesn't mean that society is right. We know, look back at history, how many of the most worst things that have happened in history to ourselves, to each other, to animals, to the, to the planet, are all because everybody just followed what everybody else yeah. is doing. I'm not gonna do that. I will follow what works for me and what makes me happy. And if that means I stand out as a complete strange weirdo, I'd rather be the weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cheers, Mike. Thanks very much. And You're I'll welcome. put the links in the description for yeah. for your websites. And um, Brilliant. I look forward to seeing you, Jim, yeah, and you your journey. <laughs> you yeah. will see me. All right, cheers. Thanks very All much, right. mate. Take cheers. care. Cheers. Well, that was the end of the episode, and I want to thank you for listening. I hope you took some from our conversation today. Please follow or subscribe. The link to the Instagram page will be in the description. Please feel free to DM me if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast. 